Growth Igniters Radio, episode 14. What can you do to accelerate major transformation? This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And looking right across at me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hey, Pam. As always, it's great to be here with you today. And if this is your first time listening out there, the purpose of Growth Igniters Radio is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for leaders to take themselves and their companies to their next level of success. So, Pam, we've had about a dozen guests talk to us so far about their experiences since we launched Growth Igniters Radio, but listeners have also asked us to share some of our own insights and learnings that we've gained over the many years that you've had Business Advancement Incorporated, and since I've joined you five years ago, working with companies to accelerate their growth. So from time to time, we've decided that we're going to uh, devote an episode to our own experiences, what we've learned, and trends that we see that are changing the face of business. So let's get going. Okay. Well, since we typically work with companies that are going through some type of major transformation, the gut-wrenching kind, right. such as M&A, reorgs, entering new markets, changes of leaderships. Big stuff. Big stuff. We're going to devote today's episode to focusing on what makes the most difference to accelerating a successful outcome. And I guess the emphasis is on the word accelerating. Accelerating. And of course, that leads to the natural question, okay, what does make the most difference? Well, I think the biggest thing I've learned over the years is engagement and commitment of the people involved at every single level, from board to executive team, all the way through to the front line. All right. And uh, I think it's important to be clear that we're talking about the engagement and commitment of everyone who can make or break that success. So this also includes people outside the organization, such as customers, Right. Suppliers, outsource providers, alliance partners. All sorts of partners. All right. sorts, right. Makes sense. So we've heard in our conversations, people use commitment and engagement almost interchangeably. But are they really the same thing or are they no. different? They're closely related, but really not the same. Okay. Like, I think about it like a love relationship, uh-huh. say uh, a couple that has a successful engagement period where they're paying attention to building the relationship and gaining enthusiasm for the idea of the big transition of marriage in a right. lifelong relationship. The more engaged they are, the more likely they are to be ready to really truly commit to the ups and downs of marriage. That and makes I, sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a parallel in the workplace. Okay. Think about it. The more engaged employees or any of the people, stakeholders that I was talking about, are in what and the why of their roles, the more likely they are to commit to the ups and downs of the organization and yeah. to do the things that are necessary for a successful transformation. I've seen it. Yeah, well, you have. And I've watched you even before I joined your organization go through a lot of this sort of thing. So. Let's have an example so people can really get a feeling for it. Well, one that comes to mind 
is a client that was going through a major reorganization of three divisions because uh, they were going through shifts and changes in the market. And one of the biggest issues they had was people were starting to get lost in terms of what they were doing and even why. Mm -hmm. And they got to that point even before I was involved with the company. So one of the most eye-opening things for them and for me was I sat down with them and I asked each employee from at every single level, all the way from the president through the front you know, line. Wow. And the question was, what is it that is your role and why do you do it? Well, How this, does is, it this is what I do, right? This know, is my job. Now, and we got away from this. And no, no, that's not what I mean. Okay. You know, what, what, how does this actually make a difference in what the company is trying to achieve? Or even your department, mm -hmm. what are you trying to achieve? And when they stopped and they thought about it, they said, well, like just, uh, I remember one administrative person who said, well, I just do the same thing over and over. I said, but how do you make that important to the company? to your department. And she said, you know, until I actually went through this exercise of thinking about it, I really didn't realize it. But she came up with about a half dozen reasons in terms of what her role was there to do and what she personally did to make it happen. So when the work that somebody is doing, they, they can see it as relevant and as meaningful and, and as something that makes a difference. I've, I've heard over and over and over, what I want from my job is I want to make a difference, whether it's a big one, a little one. And it jives with what I like to do and what, mm -hmm. I, what I do well. That really gets people reeled in and engaged. And so how does that fit in with commitment then? Well, again, in uh, this case, one of the things we saw with this particular project was that the more engaged people were, the more that they were starting to make the commitment to doing what was necessary. Because remember, this company was going through a major gut-wrenching yeah. kind of transformation. Yeah, right. They said, okay, well, if this is what I'm here to do, let's not get worry about the nitty-gritties of uh, my job description, you mm -hmm. know, who follows that. But I'm here to make sure that messages get out on time. Okay. I'm here to make sure that the phone is answered in a timely manner. I'm, sure, I'm here to make sure that people understand the role of my area and that they're not confused about the different things that have to get done for us to meet deadlines in a timely manner because confusion runs rampant okay, in those so situations. To, to get that sort of engagement and, and connect the dots, you know, leaders obviously have to play a role in that. I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that in greater detail later on, but it's going to take real thinking and, and effective communication to help people all over the organization and even outside uh, draw those, those lines. That's right. Yeah, that makes sense. That's right. So the more that people understand mm -hmm. what they're there to do mm -hmm. and why they're there, that engagement piece, so important. And you cannot have commitment without engagement. And just because somebody's engaged does not mean they'll be committed either. Oh, that's true. So you really have to have the two. Mm -hmm. And I think leaders do play that important role in making sure that the environment exists okay. for everyone involved to 
be both engaged and committed. Well, that makes sense. Now, we're probably going to have people pushing back and saying, well, no, strategy is much more important than engagement, because if you don't have strategy, you, you don't have anything to do. What, do you, what can you say to that? I can say that engagement and commitment has to exist before you can ever get agreement on a strategy or agreement on how you're going to accomplish anything. Okay. I don't care if it's in business. I don't care if it's in your personal life. Engagement and commitment matters most. And we'll talk about it in the next segment. Okay. So stay tuned, uh, because in the next segment, we'll be talking about how leaders can set the environment for engagement and also commitment. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. Subscribe to the Growth Igniters community by going to growthignitersradio.com and clicking the Join Our Community button in the upper right corner. This will let us send you weekly updates that will add value to each episode. You'll get easy access to each episode's play button, show notes, guest bio, and links to resources mentioned in the episode. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today about the pivotal role that engagement and commitment of employees, partners, and other stakeholders plays in accelerating the success of company transformations, the big gut-wrenching ones like M&A, reorgs, entering new markets, and, and the like. So let's talk, Pam, about more of the lessons that we've learned about how companies can amp up their engagement and commitment and achieve uh, greater velocity and effectiveness as they're going through these big transformative changes. Well, as simple as it sounds, I think one of the most important and one of the most difficult challenging areas uh, is to ensure clarity. Okay. Clarity is being very clear in yourself about not just what the strategy for the transformation is, but making sure that others are engaged and in sync with you. Okay. Uh, so tell me a little bit more about that. You know, I, I tell you what we're doing. That should be clear, right? Right. Well, you're telling me that it's not. Well, first of all, who says that you're telling me? <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things that I've seen over the years mm -hmm. is how much we assume that we've told people oh. what is most important to us and what we're really doing because we're operating at warp speed uh -huh. and it's not always something that I think about saying, well, sure, you know, I want you to know that this is the direction we're headed because a, an important customer has uh, made a decision like this or something even minor mm -hmm. that can have major uh, impact. So just to take this out of the theoretical and bring it into something All right. that's a story, a number of years ago, it was very stunning. I was working with a company that was going through three major changes at once. So there was a leadership succession. The new CEO actually had been in the role of CFO. 
Right, I remember this one. Right, for a number of years, and he ascended to the role of the CEO and chairman of the board. Mm -hmm. That was was a big thing. Uh, The second thing was that the company had a major downturn with their traditional market. And this was a huge deal. They Mm -hmm. had to come up with something. The third thing was that in the role of being a new leader and having a commitment to a very high level of growth, about 30% per year, this particular company uh, CEO said, I think we need to reorganize, which not uncommon. I mean, that's what happens a lot of the time. So, So what was the big deal? The big deal was, first of all, that I mean, obviously, big three big things, but what, three what, big things. Why did they call you in? There was, first of all, I think there was an assumption that okay, it's time to plan strategy. Uh-huh. You know, it's our annual strategic planning meeting, and this particular company was really having trouble with coalescing around a strategy. It okay. just would break down, and it was frustrating mm-hmm. to the CEO frustrating to the board, frustrating to the people who were involved. And this very forward-thinking CEO and chair decided that the best way to handle it was head-on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? uh, and so we actually went on an off-site. They okay. decided uh, that I should come and help them. And uh, one of the things that came out in this off-site was, number one, the engagement of people and the commitment of the people on the executive team was uh, a challenge because there was not necessarily the engagement and the acceptance of the new leadership. Okay. And uh, so that was the first thing that was going on. How can you have a new strategy (laughs) that you agree upon if you can't even agree on who the leader really is? Whoa. And the leader, for his part, as much as he was an articulate person, uh, was running at such a fast pace that there were things, he wasn't necessarily sharing everything. So there were some gaps in understanding. Okay, so he was making assumptions that if he said, you know, we're doing this, that people People would understand why. Ah, why? Why? Not just what, but why. Yeah, exactly. And if I don't understand why, how am I going to get on board, right? That's right. And so what really needed to come out and come out in its own way was, number one, an acceptance, which we worked on and actually had some wonderful experiences that enabled us to do that. The second was that once they understood the why behind Mm -hmm. the what, people came together, especially when they accepted this new CEO, and they were able to accelerate dynamically on the decisions that they needed to make around the strategy and then the subsequent actions that had to come from that. Okay. So the clarity makes a lot of the sense. The clarity became the real issue. Right. Yes. And this example, this story, I remember it very well. Uh, it also really illustrates another really, really important uh, issue in building and uh, maintaining engagement and commitment. And that is appropriately enough, engaging with your organization, whether it's the executive team in this case, or all through the organization, your partners, when people get a chance to participate, to engage in and participate with, you know, what's the plan? How are we going to bring it off? Uh, When leaders encourage that kind of involvement, 
whether it's uh, an offsite, uh, it's getting a feedback from people, employees, partners, customers that's actually listened to. Mm-hmm. You know, people will tend to support and engage things that they feel that they have some control over, that they have uh, have contributed to. It's you know, it's my it's my idea too, in part, mm-hmm. and maybe only a small part of the idea. But but the more we can bring people together, and we've seen this, you know, large scale, small scale the more that people go, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. I can get behind that. They feel respected. And, and respect is, is really, really critical. That's a third very strong factor. Well, it, it all folds into this particular case study. I mean, okay. taking it back. Yep. Because one of the big things that would come out is people didn't feel respected because they didn't understand what was going on. Ooh. You're talking about people at the very top of the organization. That felt cut out. They felt cut out because there were certain things that peop- some people had information about, others didn't, and this all needed to come together. It comes down to me to respect. Okay, but the respect has to be mutual. Mutual. As well. well, that's right. Yeah. You share. Okay. People share back and forth. Uh-huh. Not every idea can be used. Well, sure. But when people understand, first of all, the boundaries around which they have the ability to actually make things happen for themselves and why if they make a suggestion or recommendation or have a strong view, why that is not going to be able to be put into place. Okay. So they understand. So rather than just having uh, respect, just rather than just having say a, an open suggestion box. Oh, that's that's not uh, where a way to I go. put my ideas in, and they're completely ignored. If you have criteria around, this is what we're looking for. These are the boundaries, or the or the the criteria of what success will look like. Then people will feel like, yeah, I can contribute, and I I find out what happens to that idea, up, down, or sideways. That I feel more respected. Is that what you're saying? True. Okay. I I think it is. So the more that people understand, are clear about Mm -hmm. what it is that they're trying to do and why, and why not. Okay. If something can't happen and there's that feeling of mutuality. Right. It really increases exponentially the amount of engagement that everyone feels in the organization, in what they're doing, Mm -hmm. and the commitment that it takes to pull it off through the ups and the downs. Makes sense. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation about building peak levels of engagement and commitment during major transformation with three things you can do starting right now. Stay tuned. You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We enable successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation and growth. If our conversation today strikes a chord with you, we invite you to follow up. Request a free 20-minute introductory consultation with us. Go to growthignitersradio.com and click the Open a Conversation with Us logo at the bottom of the page and enter Introductory Consultation in the question field. We'll follow up and explore how we might be able to help you and your company accelerate to your growth objectives.
Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking about some lessons we've learned over the years working with clients that are going through major transformation and some of the things that you as listeners, leaders can do immediately to uh, begin to increase and accelerate the velocity of transformation. Absolutely. Now, Pam, let's get down to some specifics. We've been talking about the ideas of engagement and commitment to getting things done, to having peak performance during transformation. How can company leaders build that higher, those higher levels of those two important factors when companies are really going through this gut-wrenching change? It seems like the first thing that our leaders who are out there uh, can do is determine how engaged their stakeholders are in the first place, and then keep monitoring. How can they monitor that throughout the process? Well, sometimes it's a lot more easily said than done, uh, especially since the lack of engagement and resistance of various forms is often hidden. In fact, it's even disguised as, believe it or not, support. So I say yes with my lips and no with my actions. That's right. Ah. Well, so here are a few things that you might look for. One is, if people are too busy, have mm-hmm. you ever experienced this? You know, I really want to help you out, Scott, but <laughs> I'm just too busy. Yeah, yeah. It, I've, I've got that on the top of my list. It's it's coming. And the top of the list never seems and to And the thing the of top. it is, it's actually legitimate. Yeah. You know, they really are too busy. Right. But the question is, what's behind it? Okay. It's and not a priority. It's not a priority. And I think being too busy once or on occasion, that's mm-hmm. one thing. If somebody is chronically too busy, well, how does that come out? Well, it comes out as missing deadlines, Yeah, which is the second thing. Yeah. Again, once you miss a deadline, okay, so it's once. Mm-hmm. Twice, a coincidence. Three times, you've mm-hmm. got a pattern. And uh, if there is a pattern of missing deadlines, and I've seen this in companies where they'll say, we think everybody's on board because they are all agreeing to do these things. And it, it comes down to, well, why is this happening? And there are a lot of reasons for these things. Uh, It could be excessive conflict. It could be confusion about priorities. Mm -hmm. It could be confusion about the process for getting things done or that there is no process for getting things done. Yeah. So those are some of the reasons, but there are even more reasons. And that's where it gets confusing because if you're addressing just the symptom, you could be treating it. Oh yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing, you know, whether it's missing deadlines, I'm too busy, uh, just quality issues. I've seen quality issues pop up Many times when you you have people who really aren't paying full attention. So we see these things. We think, okay, you know what? Engagement isn't really where it should be. Now, great, you can treat the symptom or you can try to get to the root cause. And that, that's, <laughs> that's not always easy. It could be, you know, what are the root causes? Uneasiness. You know, what's this transformation going to mean to me? Uh, it could be, I'm just, it takes me out of my comfort zone. You know, I, I don't really like that. Uh, I'm, I feel resentful uh, because, you know, I'm not being treated fairly. This, this isn't right. Or someone else is going to get something and I'm not going to get something. So many issues. 
and people aren't going to come up and say, hey, this is why, you know, well, I'm, I'm too busy. Are. Some well, people are, but a lot of people are yeah. not, or it's going to be more indirect. Remember the case we had uh, with the company where they were building in China? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, this was this was something that uh, you and I were called in on a little bit ago, and the the VP who called us in said, you know, we had these really, really aggressive growth targets uh, for our unit in China, and my folks, uh, my executive team over there, they say, yep, yep, I can do that. Yes, right, we'll do that. A lot of head nodding. A lot of head nodding. A lot of head lot, nodding. And, you know, I'll do this and I'll do that. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And remember that our contact was absolutely mystified. He, was he couldn't figure it out because they kept saying, of course we'll do it. We'll do it. And the deadline came and it went. And yeah, and. When we went and we spoke with the executive team one-on-one, individually, uh, we found that they would tell us things that they would never tell uh, their their management, their upline, the VP. Let's talk about that for a moment. Okay. Why would they have spoken with us and not with anyone else? Well, first, we weren't in their chain of command, right? Sure. So... We uh, we were not going to be able to say, oh well, you know, you're out. You know, you're not doing your job. Get out of here, or or shame on you. Mm-hmm. You know, pride and and saving face is incredibly important. Not just to the Chinese, of course, but to everybody. In the U.S., it's just as important. It's just it looks as important. different, but yeah. I think pride and saving face is a huge deal. It is a huge deal, and so we were neutral. And in this case, also, I think we we sensed that. Going to the people and speaking with them and putting it in a context also let them feel respected. We, we, we are here to listen to you and to bring it back. And so when we did a debrief for the group, people looked and said, I'm not the only one who thinks like that. And all of a sudden, bam, conversations that had been stalled for months flowed like crazy they accelerated really critical multi-million-dollar decisions uh, by at least half a year. It it really paid off for this company, and it was all by getting the folks engaged and committed to. Okay, now I understand what this change means. I understand my role in it. I'm in, and it made a big, big difference. And and this is just one example. Yeah. So clarity comes into play and I think what we're what we're seeing is that there's a trend when you have this clarity the focus the respect mm-hmm. it all comes together is people feel an increased engagement and a commitment and they're going to greatly accelerate yeah and then the you have then you have to decide okay you have you have the clarity you've, you've identified I need more engagement you're getting to some of the root causes you have to understand then, well, what am I going to do to address it? And sometimes it's easier. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Well, that's where you have to get really good at coming up with options. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, options. You're, you're, you love your options. I love my options. And I love to help people come up with options. I think I see options that don't even uh, ordinarily exist. But the fact is that the more options that you can create, mm-hmm the more choices you have about what's going to make the best sense Mm -hmm. under the circumstances. And some of the things that clients have decided to do 
under certain circumstances have not always been the easiest path, but it's been the best path for them. Uh, in one case, it was uh, in the company with the market downturn. Right. It was, we're going to uh, take this technology that we have, apply it to other markets while we're not abandoning our traditional market, but then we'll come back, we'll be stronger than ever. And that's in fact what happened. That's just one example. So well, we could go on a long time on this. <laughs> we could. And from time to time, we will come back and we'll talk more about accelerating transformations, whether they're small, whether they're large, because ultimately, that's every company has to be in constant transformation in order to accelerate okay, growth Makes and sense. profitability. So, until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this thought to share with your teams. So, how do you know whether the people in your organization are engaged or not? Go find out. Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.